Welcome to Directions in Rashi, a podcast that will help you understand individual comments from Rashi throughout the Chumash, and that will also introduce you to some of the general principles which I feel uh, directed Rashi in his creation of his commentary, and that will help us to understand his commentary better all around. Welcome. As inhabitants of the 21st century Western world, when we look at a narrative, when we look at some story, we we expect to find events that are observable, and we expect to find that the relationship between those events is deterministic, that there can be, that we should be able to see a natural cause and effect between one, one event and the next. However, as I hope to show from this shear on Parsha Shemais, the Torah is not always speaking in such terms. In the beginning of Parsha Shemais, we find that the Egyptians began to oppress the Jewish nation. They began to impose upon them some very difficult work. And we read in Perak Aleph, Pasik Yud Beis, as follows. And as they caused them to suffer, as they inflicted sufferings upon them, so did the nation, Klau Yisrael, increase and become stronger. And the Egyptians were disgusted because of the Bnei Yisrael. Let's see Rashi. Rashi says, In all, or as much as, the Egyptians put their heart, as much as they paid attention, as much as they thought to inflict suffering upon the Bnei Yisrael, came Lev HaKadosh Baruch so was the heart of a Baruch Hu to increase Klai Yisrael and to strengthen them. So as much as they tried to push us down, that's how much a Baruch Hu in exact proportion, or maybe even in greater proportion, a Baruch Hu desired, he willed to make us greater, more numerous and stronger. Rashi continues, Kain Yirbe, Kain Ravo, Vechain Porates, or in many editions of Rashi, I believe it says Vechain Parats. Uh, here Rashi seems to be saying that although Yirbe and Yifrots, these two words are grammatically in the future tense, but we're not referring to a future event, it means that in fact, B'nai Yisrael increased and became stronger. We'll perhaps come back to this point. Anyway, Rashi says, Zev shutoi. This is the simple meaning of the Pasuk. That as much as the Egyptians tried to inflict pain upon us and then tried to decrease us and, and weaken us, so in response to that, HaKadosh Baruch Hu willed that we should become more numerous and stronger. Rashi continues with a Midrash, which we are not going to go into much, but let's see it. Umidrashai, the Midrash, the Midrash's uh, explanation of this is as follows. 
Ruach HaKadosh Emeris. These words, Ken Yerbe, Bechen Yefreutz, are a quotation of what HaKadosh Baruch Hu said. They are not uh, part of the narrative of the Torah. They're not telling us that we did increase and become stronger, or that HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted us to increase and become stronger. They are telling us something that HaKadosh Baruch Hu said. Atem Oimrim Pen Yirbe. You, the Egyptians, you said Pen Yirbe. You said we better do something about these, these Jews, about these B'nai Yisrael. Pen Yirbe, lest they increase and they make war against us. And I, Hashem, I say, Kain Yirbe. So may they increase. Okay. Vayakutsu. What does it mean, Vayakutsu? Kutsu Bechayehem. They were disgusted in their lives. They were simply nauseated by these B'nai Yisrael. They couldn't put them down. The Klai Yisrael were like thorns in the eyes of the Egyptians. According to the first explanation, cuts, lakuts, means to be disgusted by something. We'll see later other examples where Rashi explained in the same way. <clears throat> According to the Drusha that Rashi quotes, it's a Gemara in Mesech the Saita, the word Vayakutsu is like the word Koitsin, like thorns. So B'nai Yisrael were like thorns in the eyes <clears throat> of the Egyptians. I'd like to raise three questions about this Rashi. The first question is, if we read the Pasuk very literally and very simply and directly, it would come out like this, as they caused suffering to us, to the Kalah Yisrael, so the nation increased and became stronger. Okay, they imposed suffering, we got stronger. However, Rashi, in other words, we're talking about actions. However, Rashi takes these actions and puts them into the realm of thought and will and desire. He sticks in the word lave. He says, as much as they put a heart, as much as they desired to cause us suffering, so was the heart of a Kodesh Baruch to increase us and to strengthen us. So the question is, why does Rashi uh, take this out of the realm of Masa and put it into the realm of Machshava. He takes a Pasuk which seems to be talking about events, physical, observable events, and Rashi says, no, it's talking about what the Egyptians wanted to do and what HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted to do in response. Of course, it may be true that what the Egyptians wanted to do, they did, and, and, and certainly uh, what most likely is true that what HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted to do, he did. But the Pasuk in simplicity is talking about actions. And Rashi removes it. He puts it into the realm of thought and desire. That's one question. Another question is that uh, why did Rashi get so uh, religious over here? The Pasuk does not mention a Kodesh Baruch Hu. Of course, everything that happens, Kodesh Baruch Hu makes it happen or allows it to happen. I'm not going to go into that uh, that that uh, profound uh, philosophical theological question 
of uh, how far divine providence goes, but certainly everything that happens, Kodesh Baruch Hu, at least allows to happen. But but this pasuk does not mention Kodesh Baruch Hu, and yet Rashi says, "Kain Yerbevechen Yifrotz," refers to Kodesh Baruch Hu. "Kain Leiv Kodesh Baruch Hu The simple, the most obvious reading of the pasuk would simply be the nation increased. But Rashi explains it. No, Hakadosh Baruch Hu wanted it to increase. Why did Rashi get religion over here? A third question it requires us uh, to see a little bit of an introduction from one of these super commentaries called Sefer Zikorin. Sefer Zikorin was, um, it's escaping me at the moment the name of the author, but he was one of the Megurashe Sfarad. He was one of the Jews who was expelled from Spain in around the year 1492. That's a very old Sefer and a very important Sefer. Sefer Zikorin points out that there are three places where we have this phrase by Yakutsu or something very close to it. And in all these places, Rashi says the same point. He says that it means they were disgusted with their lives. Let's quickly take a look at the three places. We have one in the end of Parshas by Yishlach, after um, Parshas told us, pardon me, we have in the end of Parshas told us, so Yaakov has quote unquote stolen the brachis from Esav. Esav is um, extremely upset and Rivka finds out that Esav is planning to kill Yitzchak, to kill Yaakov. And therefore, she goes to her husband Yitzchak and she explains to him why she thinks it would be a good idea to have Yaakov go away for a while. Uh, she doesn't mention that Esav is planning to murder him. And Mephoshim had various uh, explanations of why she didn't tell him the real reason. But this is what she did say. I am disgusted with my life because of the daughters of Ches, because of the local the women in, in Eretz Canaan and in the Eretz Achitim, I, they disgust me. If Yaakov will take a wife from these daughters of Ches, so why would I have life? And it's going to kill me if he takes a daughter from the Canaanites. And Rashi says, Katsti Maasti. I am disgusted. Okay, so Katsti means Katsti Bechayai. The Pasuk itself says Katsti Bechayai. I am disgusted with my life. Similar to what Rashi said on our Pasuk that Katsu uh, Bechayayim. They were disgusted with their lives. Matter of fact, it looks like if Rashi added Rashi know to add in the words Bechayayim, he took that idea from the Pasuk in, in Parshas told us. Another place where you have this uh, this phrase of of katsti or something similar, you have here Hakadosh Baruch Hu talking in Parshas Kedoshim. Do not follow in the laws, in the behavior of the nation. Do not imitate the nation that I am sending forth, that I am banishing from before you. Don't act like the Canaanites that I am kicking out of Eretz Israel so that you can take over. 
because they did all of these abominations that were mentioned above. Vakutsbam. What does it mean, Vakutsbam? Rashi says, Kamaikatsti Bechayai. It's similar to the words that Rivka used. Katsti Bechayai, Lishain Mius. It's an expression of Mius, of disgust. Ka'adam Shu like a person who is disgusted by the food that he ate. Okay, and one more example in Parsha's Bullock. So the nation of Moab, they saw that Klai Yisrael was moving towards them through the Midbar. The truth is we were not on our way to conquer Moab. We had been cautioned by a Kodesh Baruchel not to do so, but still Moab was nervous. It says, Moab feared the nation. They feared Klai Yisrael very much. Because Klai Yisrael was a big nation, by Yokots Moab Mipnei Bnei Yisrael. What does it mean by Yokots Moab? Rashi says, Kotsu Bichayehem. They were disgusted with their lives. So in all of these places, Rashi explains this idea of Katsti by Yakutsu by Yokots. He explains it all in the same way. It means you become disgusted by something the way a person can be disgusted by rotten food. Now, my mentor and my friend, Rabbi Herzog, in his yet-to-be-published sefer called Mare Rochel, raises the following question. This sefer Mare Rochel is, uh, I, I believe, has not yet been published in print, but it is available on this website, alhatorah.org, and I highly recommend it. I recommend the whole website, and I certainly recommend this Sefer Myra Rachel. It is a super commentary on Rashi, and it is excellent. Uh, the Myra Rachel raises the question that, that it's true that in all these other places in Chumash, Rashi explained the idea of cuts the same way, that it's to be disgusted by something, but why is it that only in one place here in our Pasuk and Parsha Shemais that Rashi quotes this Midrash that it was Kokoitzim Be'inehem? This uh, point that Rashi makes here, Hoyu Kokoitzim Be'inehem, that he only says here in this Parsha, here in Parsha Shemais. In all the other places where it uses this root Kufsadi, Rashi says it means they were disgusted, disgusted with their lives, Mius. He explains it all in every place. He explains it the same way. In this one place, he adds on a drusha. Why is that? Now, Rav Herzog explains in his Sefer Mara Rachel, he gives an answer. The answer he, he gives is as follows. And I think it's a correct answer, but I'm going to talk about it. In this Pasek, it says Vayakutsu. Now the word Vayakutsu is written Vav, Yud, Kuf, Sadi, Vav. But the vowel under the Kuf is a, uh, a Shuruk. I believe that's what it's called. Whatever it's called, it has an U sound, which means if we would write it out, if we would use what's called Ksiv Malay, we would put a Vav after the Kuf. It's pronounced as if there's a Vav with a dot after the Kuf, Vayakutsu. Now, if you spell it kuf vav sadi, you have the word kotz, which means a thorn. However, if you look at the other psukim, they are not spelled this way. 
if you go to the Pusik about Rivka, she says, Katsti there's no Vav there, and there's no even, there's no hidden Vav over there. There's nothing. So therefore, Rashi does not say that she felt like there were thorns in her eyes. If we go to the Pusik about Mayav, so there also, it says, Vayakats Mayav, there's no Vav, there's no hidden Vav, it's not Vayakuts Moav, it's Vayakats Moav. So therefore, Rashi does not uh, mention the idea that uh, that Maya felt like the Jews were a were a thorn in their eye. Uh, it is true that in the pasuk in in Vayikra in Parshas Kedoshim, it does say Vaakutz Bam, and the word Vaakutz, if we would spell it out, if we would use Ksiv Malay, Malay would have a vav here between the Kuf and the Tzadi, but. Uh, this I didn't, Rav Herzog does not write this, but I would assume the point is that it would be inappropriate to say about a Kodesh Baruch that the, the nations of Canaan were thorns, Kaviyochel, in Hashem's eyes. That's that's not appropriate. That's not, uh, that can't be. So we don't have a kashia really, why Rashi didn't say it here in Vayikra. But in the Psukim, the Pasuk about Rivka, the Pasuk about Moyav, so there's no Vav, not even a hidden Vav. And therefore, Rashi does not go into the idea of Kaitzim Be'inayim. However, here in Parsha Shemais, it says Vayakutsu, which is like there's a hidden vav between the Kuf and the Tzadi. So therefore, Rashi uh, makes this drasha that we were, that the Klai Yisrael was like Kaitzim Be'inayim. They were like thorns in, this, in the eyes of the Egyptians. I think it's a very good answer, but I would still like to say, that even when the Torah does add extra letters, when the Torah sometimes does have an extra vav or an extra yud, when the Torah it actually does use siv malay, uh, the Maskil the David, for example, writes in his introduction that Rashi generally does not darshan that he generally does not expound on what's called ksiv malay or ksiv chaser. There are many words in the Hebrew language you could spell with a vav that stands for the, for the u or the o sound, or you could put in a yud for the e sound, or you could leave that vav or the yud out and represent the sound with different vowels. The Maskel the Dove says that Rashi generally does not go into that kind of drusha. And certainly here where there is no vav in the Pasuk. If the Pasuk would have written Vayakutsu with a vav between the Kuf and the Tzadi, so perhaps we could say it's spelled in an unusual way. So Rashi felt that the Torah is putting that extra vav there for a drasha. But here the vav is not there. And we don't find a, we don't find a vav in this word where it's used in other places in the Torah. So I would assume the point is, is that this word, not, this word is not supposed to have a vav. So why would Rashi make a drasha based on the absence of a vav that's not supposed to be there in the first place? In any case, um, I, I think it's worth thinking about. I think it is still worth thinking about why Rashi makes this drasha of kekotzim be'inehem, which he does not make in other places. Okay, let's begin. Let's begin with the first two questions. First two questions are, why does Rashi take this Pusik out of the realm of action and put it into the realm of thought by talking about the lave of the Egyptians? 
And why does he uh, get religious and put a Kaddish Baruch Hu in over here, where a Kaddish Baruch Hu is not mentioned in this Pesach? Yeah, of course, everything is uh, orchestrated by a Kaddish Baruch Hu, but we don't find every, every, every Pesach in Chumash where it says someone did something that Rashi says, that Rashi has to remind us, you know, who really did it, you know, who really orchestrated it, it was God. No, Rashi doesn't do that. Nor do any of the other great commentators. Mizrahi explains as follows. If you read this Pasuk on, it, on the surface level, it is saying something that, that is counterintuitive, something that, that's not normal. The Egyptians wanted to afflict us. They didn't like us. Ramban explains, in fact, that they were really, we would have, Para would have liked to just exterminate us, but he felt it wasn't the time for that. He felt that his nation would not agree to that because they owed a certain gratitude to the Klai Yisrael because of everything that Yosef had done for them. Okay, but they wanted to knock us down. So it says, also, as they inflicted pain upon us, so we grew greater and grew stronger. That's not how things work. That's, that's, not, that, 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 that's not normal. What does that mean? That makes no sense. The more they made us suffer, the more they hit us and smashed us and enslaved us and caused us to suffer, the more, the more, we, we, the more we increased in population and the more we increased in strength. So therefore, explains Mizrahi, this is why Rashi changed. He, he interpreted that this Pasuk is really talking about intentions and thoughts. As much as in proportion to the amount that the, the Egyptians put, it, put their hearts and their thoughts to causing us to suffer, so was the heart of HaKadosh Baruch Hu to increase us. Of course, once you put it into this realm of thought that you're talking about how much the Egyptians wanted to do to us, in the same proportion, someone wanted us to become greater. Obviously, you have to identify who's this someone. I mean, just because we wanted wouldn't have worked. I mean, obviously, if somebody is beating you down, you, you, you want to stand up, but you can't. They're beating you down. It's not natural that you would be able to get up. and certainly not natural that you'd become even stronger. So Rashi had to identify who is this entity that is causing us to be stronger despite the sufferings that we were enduring. So he, 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 he gets religious and he says it was a Kaddish Baruch. And the Mizrahi explains that we can now understand why the verbs in this uh, Pasek are all future tense verbs. Yehanu, Yerbe, Yefrotz. Really, the events they're talking about are past events. They're not events that are happening. They're going to happen when Mashiach comes. These are talking about events that happened. Why does the Pasek say, Kasher Yanu, Ken Yirbe, Vechen Yifrotz, which are all Lashon Asid? So Mizrahi explains, he bases himself on a Rashi in Parshish Bishalach. It says uh, by the Shira Sayam that Oz Yashir Moshe. It says, then, literally, then Moshe will sing this song upon seeing the, the miracles at Yamsuf. And Rashi explains there at length, it's a long, a compli complicated Rashi, but the, the kernel of it is 
Oz Yashir Moshe, then Moshe was Ola Beliba Yishi Yashir. The word Yashir means he would sing. He thought to sing, of course, and then he did so. But the word Yashir indicates the, the use of that future tense means that he wanted to do so. So here also, Kashir Ya'anu Oso, as much as the Egyptians wanted to cause to us suffering, Ken Yirbevachen Yifreitz, in, the, in, in, in response to that, HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted to make us greater and stronger. In other words, going back to my little introduction, this Pasek is not talking about physically observable events which relate to each other in a deterministic manner, in a simple cause and effect manner, but rather we are talking about machshava. We are talking about thought, and we're talking about the thoughts of humans and the thoughts of a Kaddish Baruch Hu. We're no longer talking about uh, Newton's laws of physics, nor are we talking about uh, survival of the fittest, or, or are we talking about uh, um, oppression of one nation over another. We're talking about what a Kaddish Baruch Hu wanted. Well, that's, that's a subject for the Torah. Okay. Another approach to this Rashi is given by Maskil the David. The Maskil the David points out that if we would read this Pasek in simplicity, the way it appears, it would be saying something that is not historically correct. The Maskil the David explains that this phrase that the Torah uses here, Bechasher, and then Kasher X, then Y. He says, when you have such a formulation in the Torah, it usually means that, that when X, then Y, but before that, not. For example, the Maskele David gives the example in Parshas, uh, in Parshas Vayetze. Uh, Yaakov went to Haran to look for a wife, and he came to the well, and he saw there some shepherds who were sitting around, and they weren't watering their sheep because the, the, the well had a very big stone covering the top, and they needed a lot of shepherds to all gather together in order to have enough men to, to push the stone off the top of the well. And the Pesach says, Vayahi kasher ro'o Yaakov Rachel, when Yaakov saw Rachel, etc. But Yogel Esa Evan Meal Piyabeir. So then he he stepped forward and he revealed, he removed the stone from the from the well. When he saw Rachel, he somehow felt a very great strength, and he walked over and he pushed the stone off the top of the well. Kasher, when he saw Rachel, he removed the stone. Meaning before that, he did not remove the stone. Is telling us when the action happened. When did it happen? When he saw Rachel, then he did the following. We have similarly in Parshas Vayeshev, the, the brothers, the sons of Yaakov, they went out to Shechem to graze their sheep. And then Yosef, who had stayed home with his father, he was uh, ordered by his father to go check on them to see how they're doing. And he went and he found them. And the Pesach says, Vayihi kasher bo Yosef And it was kasher when Yosef came to his brothers. 
So the brothers stripped him of his special coat and et cetera, et cetera, and they threw him into the pit and the whole story. When Yosef came, that's when the brothers stripped him of his coat. Before that, not. The Pasuk is telling us when this action of stripping him of the coat took place. It took place when he came. Of course, before he came, they didn't do it. He wasn't there. But here, now if we'll follow that pattern here in this Pasuk, we're going to come up with something. We're going to come out with something that's not true. The ya'anu oso. When the Egyptians afflicted us, that's when we multiplied and became greater. Now, the Masala David points out it's not true because really the increase in the population of B'nai Yisrael, or an increase in the population of B'nai Yisrael, really occurred previously. If we go back just a few psukim to Pasuk Zion, which is before any. Uh, slavery, any affliction is mentioned. It says, The Bnei Yisrael were fruitful and they multiplied like shrutzim, like, like insects. When they increased and they became strong, very, very much. And the land was full of them. This is before any of the Shibud starts. In fact, if we follow the Psukim, it would seem, some of Hashem explain this explicitly, it would seem that that's, that's at least part of the reason why the Egyptians got nervous about the Bnei Yisrael, because they were increasing in such dramatic, such a dramatic population growth that the Egyptians were concerned. So again, if we read our Pasuk very literally, we're going to come out with a with an untrue point, an untrue result. And it was when they afflicted them, then they increased and they became stronger. So the, the literal meaning of the Pasuk would seem to be that when did Kalei Yisrael increase in population? When did that happen? It happened when the Egyptians began to afflict us. But it's not so. We really began to increase before that. Therefore, explains Maskell the Dovet that Rashi interpreted that we're not talking here about observable events. We're talking about inner intent. We're talking about as much as Rashi says, Bechol Ma. Rashi really is saying this. And here also some of the Mephoshim point this out. Rashi also changes Chasher, which you might have translated as when, but it doesn't mean when. It means ma, as much as noistim lev la'anois, as much as they wanted to cause us to suffer, kain leva kodesh borahu laharbaisu lahafritz. That's how much, or in, or in response to that, kodesh borahu desired to increase us and to strengthen us. So that's why Rashi took this out of the realm of actions, because if it would be in the realm of observable actions it would not be correct. It would contradict a previous Pasuk. Rather, Rashi puts this into the realm of thoughts and desires. And because he's talking about thoughts, the thoughts and desires of the Egyptians to knock us down, so he had to say that the opposing force was not just the Bnei Yisrael, 
what power would they have to resist? But rather, it had to, it must be, it's the lave HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It is the, the desire and the thoughts of HaKadosh Baruch Hu that was to increase us and to strengthen us. Based on this point that the Maskal David is saying, which really is, I, I think, an unassailable point. He's really just pointing out the obvious, that there was an increase in the population of B'nai Yisrael before the affliction. Based on that, I think we can understand why Rashi here, and only here, out of all the psukim, explains by Yakutsu to mean kukaitsim be'enehem. Only here does Rashi uh, quote this drasha, that the word Vayakutsu could mean that we were like thorns in the eyes of the Egyptians. If you say Vayakutsu, if you use the, the usual translation, which Rashi uses in several places in Chumash, as we saw, if we say that it means kotsu bechayeim, so that merely means that uh, A doesn't like B. A is disgusted by B. A is fearful of B. Okay, so we say vayakuts A bebiyo, vayakuts moyav mepnei b'nei Yisrael. Moyav was disgusted and fearful and disliked b'nei Yisrael. Okay. In our Pasuk here in Shemais, that is true, and Rashi says that in his first shot. but there's another aspect which I think is only true here in Parsha Shemais, and that is that the Egyptians had a plan to do to us X, and we were able to stick it right back at them. We were able to not only thwart their plan, but even to Stick it back to them. What do I mean? As the Mosque of the David points out, we were increasing in population. Let's say it was by natural means. Let's say it was by means of a Kodesh world whose will. I'm not going into that at the moment. But we saw back in Pasuk Zion that B'nai Yisrael were living in Mitzrayim and they were living peacefully and they began to increase at a rather remarkable rate. Pasuk itself doesn't say exactly why, but it was happening. The Egyptians got nervous and they decided we got to somehow push these people down. We'll subjugate them. Maybe some of them will die from the slavery. They won't uh, engage in Puria uh, or Revia so much because of the slavery as we, as we, we know that that happened. Let's knock down their population. That was the plan of the Egyptians. What did we do with, with of course, the intervention of HaKadosh Baruch Hu? What did HaKadosh Baruch Hu do for us? He made us not only maintain our population, but even to increase it. He pushed it right back into the Egyptians' face. You want to decrease these people? They're increasing. We increased. That, a metaphor for that, is we were like thorns in their eyes. It's like they were trying to hit us and we, we fought back. And that is something that's only true over here. If we think about the situation that Rivka was in, Rivka didn't like the Menaischis. 
Okay, she didn't like them. She had good reason not to like them. They were idolaters, they were immoral, etc., etc. It's not that she once tried to do something to them and they stuck it back to her. No, she, she didn't like them. So here where it says, Katsti Bechayai, Rashi says, I'm disgusted. I'm disgusted if I don't want to live. I'm so disgusted when I think about the Benoisches. When we think about Mayov, also, Mayov was disgusted by Klai Yisrael. They were just, they, they, they lost their appetite. They were so scared when they thought about Klai Yisrael. Did we do anything back to them? Is part of the reason they were disgusted is because they were trying to do something to us and we gave it back to them double? No. We were on our way to Eretz Yisrael. We were not going to fight with them. So there, where it says, where it says that the Mayav was Yokots, Rashi says, they were disgusted with their lives. They were simply lost their appetite when they thought about Kala Yisrael. But here in Parsha Shemais, there's an extra, there's an extra thorn over here. There's an extra point over here. The Egyptians were trying to do something to us. They were trying to reduce our population and produce, to reduce our strength. And we were giving it back to them. Ken yerbev echen means that a Kaddish Baruch was increasing us more and more. The more they tried to decrease us, the more a Kaddish Baruch increased us. That, for that, the proper metaphor is, and an appropriate metaphor is, so perhaps this is why Rashi only quotes this drasha on this pasuk.